Yay, yay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the one, the only, Michali Moo. Michael, Jason is not here today, couldn't be with us, but he sends his regards. Not only does he send his regards, he sends his rankings. And if I were you, I would look at that ranking. Because before we plug anything, or before we give any intros, or before we tell you about anything, we're going to tell you our boy Jason, our bro skis, was the seventh best ranker in the entire country last year. Yes, he was. On Fantasy Pro. So shout out to Jason for that achievement. Our first top ten. And remember, we do this, you know, part-time. We put our, our best into it. And Jason outclassed people who get paid to do this all day, every day. And that's why we want to get paid to do this all day, every day. We're so up. sign up for Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy if you want to help make help us make that happen. Um, you could also go to BrotoFantasy.com where you could find our stuff, everything that we do, including true throw values, including our rankings. Uh, and you can get a link to the Patreon there. Um, yeah, it is week 15. Shout out to everyone who is still here. Yeah, semifinals. If you're listening, that means you're more than likely in the semis. Or you're an addict. Shout out to you. And I feel you. Yeah, word up. <laughs> so uh, I'm in a couple championship games, which is disappointing. Because I have five teams I truly cared about this year. I got I got two games to get into the championship game this week. And then the rest are consolidation brackets. How are you doing? I'm uh I got a couple in the uh in the three in the semis right now. Three in the I semis. I had a couple buys, so I didn't I told you, either I had a buy or was out in, in all my leagues last week, all the like main leagues. So it was a pretty nonchalant week 14. Very, uh, very non-week 14-esque. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. If you're here, that means you're still alive. You're still kicking. Unfortunately, there are many players that after this weekend, figuratively, are not alive and still kicking. There's a lot of injuries. So you're going to need to know who to start, who to sit. We have that for you right now. We're going to be previewing every single game coming up this week. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins when? Now. Now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yeah, baby, we are back and we could not be more excited to get into this week of champions, the week that decides who the last two standing are in your playoffs this is the week, and for all of us, we mentioned this on the Monday pod, we all ranked in the top half of Fantasy Pros, Michael in the top third of Fantasy Pros, so top top, fifth. top fifth of Fantasy Pros, me top half, Jason top tenth, so we were on our tops games uh, this week, and we hope to bring back the tops games this week, so uh, look, tomorrow is an interesting one. Because we have the Jets and the Ravens. So you want to get into that real quick? Yeah, let's do it. I think the question here, we don't usually ask this. And, you know, our forte is we are going to give you every single fantasy viable player. Well, the players who are fantasy viable shrink at this time of year. Like you're not playing Demarius Thomas. In week 10, you're considering playing Demarius Thomas, right? So the question is, is there any player... In this game for the Jets, not named Le'Veon Bell, that you are even considering starting. I mean, even Le'Veon Bell is a super risky start. At that, uh, I mean, for that much, I mean, is he gonna play? First off, like, there's still no guarantee that he does play. I think I'd expect play. it. it was, it was I mean, he was sick. Yeah, he he bowled a great two fifty one or something that Saturday night. Am I the only one that thinks there's nothing wrong with him bowling if he's gonna miss the game? I mean, like, I don't really got a problem with that. Who cares, yo? Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> was he at a club? The dude was sick, and yeah. he he was probably in-house for three straight days and was like, fuck it, I'm going to go bowling. And he wasn't outside. Yeah. He was doing, it's like, like he an was activity. smoking crack. He was bowling. Yeah, I mean, everyone's smoking crack. <laughs> what? When it comes to the Jets, just a big crack then. Oh, right, right. When, when Sam Darnold went out after a win. <gasps> Sam Darnold went out as if the dude's not 22 years old. Jeez Louise. People need to New York remember media. their youngin' days. But yeah, is there anyone in this Jets team you can play confidently? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell is a question mark. I'd, I I think he's more of a mid-RB2 against Baltimore. Baltimore, I agree with that. Baltimore has been... They, their overall 
fantasy defense against running backs looks better than they actually are against running backs just because they've been dominating so much that teams have not had to use their have been forced not to use their running backs. But like you saw Raheem Mostert and Devin Singletary back-to-back weeks have nice days against the Baltimore uh, front seven. But then you got Robbie Anderson, who is the only really wide receiver option there. And I'm super split here on Robbie Anderson this week. Right now I have my wide receiver 30 because, look, since Marcus Peters got traded there, the Ravens have been absolutely stout, just ridiculous against the pass. The best defense in the league. And... Robbie Anderson is coming off of three straight glorious games of at least 86 receiving yards, at least four receptions, four, seven, and seven, two touchdowns in that span. He's likely to line up against Jimmy Smith most of his routes, which is good for Robbie Anderson. I mean, Jimmy Smith is good, but he hasn't been as good as Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Peters this year. But either way, all three of those guys are like top half cornerbacks in this league so even if he moves away from jimmy smith then he's gonna get marlon humphrey or marcus peters and ryan griffin is looking like he's gonna miss the game so you might say oh that might open up even more targets for robbie anderson yeah but it might even bring more focus on robbie anderson i mean without ryan griffin there they're gonna who's he gonna use wesco the rookie tight end who has like two catches on the year dt who's a shell of himself crowder has just really gone away from that offense of late. So I'm not trusting Crowder this week for sure. I mean, that's a terrible matchup out of the slot. It's all about Robbie Anderson, and it's it's risky. There is some upside. You The thing is you have to hope that the Jets trail, and then Sam Darnold just starts throwing a bunch of garbage time points. I mean, Vegas thinks they're going to trail. The Baltimore right now is a 16-point favorite at home against the Jets. Yeah, the Jets implied total is only 15. So that's two touchdowns. So you got to hope Robbie Anderson is one of those two, the lowest of any team this week. It's tough to try to trust that. Yep. Definitely not starting Sam Darnold. No, 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 no. He's he's not being started against yeah. an, an elite defense. Don't be fooled by the Baltimore defense. That was actually a good play the first five weeks. Since then, they've been absolutely a monstrosity. Well, for opposing offenses, you made it seem like their defense as a as a play in fantasy, like in a defense position. I mean, their defense has been a good play too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, They're, it hasn't been the top. Against the Jets on a short week at home? Yeah, you want that. Ravens defense could go off. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to the Baltimore side. Great news, Lamar Jackson playing. Um, now, it's quad injury, so he might not run as much. And, you th- and you're thinking if this is a team that we're, they're playing the Jets, the Jets are one of the better run defenses in football. On top of that, you have the fact that you don't want Lamar to get hurt before the playoffs against the Jets. So there might be a chance they they ask him to be in the pocket a little bit and be a pocket pa- passer. Um, with that being said, you can't sit the best player in fantasy football. Yeah. So you're not sitting him. But are you? Is this like a? Has he capped his ceiling a little bit this year? Cause, this week because of the injury? Uh, I don't think so. He he was joking about it yesterday. How he got hurt when he was passing, not running, and he was laughing about it. They asked if he's all good. He said he's 100. percent Obviously, he's not actually 100. percent But I mean, it's, that's Lamar Jackson, so. I don't overthink it. You're playing like someone on Twitter asked us. I'm scared Lamar Jackson's going to get taken out early. Should I play Jimmy Garoppolo? Like if he gets taken out early, it's because they already worked the Jets hard. So Jackson already has 25 or more points for you. Right. And for those who are thinking like, oh, maybe they rest Lamar because they're preparing for the playoffs or body yada 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 going forward. They're playing for a bye. Yeah. Um, you need a buy to beat the Patriots. And I don't care if the Patriots aren't looking good right now. Last year they didn't look great, and no one remembers that because Sonny Michel was the best player in the history of the postseason last week, last year. So they're, the the Patriots could easily just have the best player in the history of the postseason just show up all of a sudden. Yep. Um, what about the wideouts? Um, Hollywood Brown's supposed to play this week, but there's nothing really set in stone. Baltimore's wideouts wide out get 48% of their market share. As crazy as that Yeah, sounds. it's crazy how Lamar Jackson is such a stud. And even passing his true throw value now, he's top three in that category. He's improved drastically. He was so. number one after last week. Yeah, he he's super efficient. No, I mean, I guess he's still number one. We haven't at, we haven't completed the week 14 yet, so yeah. I just said top three because generally he's going to remain in the top three because um, he did slack last week as a passer, so he might dip a little bit. But Marquise Brown just has not been consistent at all of late i mean two receptions five receptions one reception three receptions no more than 42 yards in any of those games not someone i want to trust yeah um 
What about the tight ends now? So Mark Andrews, questionable. He looks like a true game time decision up until this point. Um, do you have the practice report on him today? Uh, he is looking like he's going to play, actually. He, limited session. So it gets a limited session. In. Now, Mark Andrews already, he's a beast, but he's already limited in the sense that he doesn't play that many snaps. Do you think his snaps go down? Or if you're a Mark Andrews owner, are you are you worried? Because he has had the ability this year to just shit. Just completely shit all over the place. Yeah, I'm a little worried, of course. But if he's playing, you're likely going to start him anyways because I doubt you really have a viable option at this point to replace him with. Like maybe an O.J. Howard speculative play over him. It, the thing Mike is, it's Evans a Thursday out, but game, it's, though. It's a Thursday game, and it's speculative. So, like, if you're playing O.J. Howard, there's also a chance you get zero. So, I mean, I, I'd stick with Mark Andrews. He's gotten you there. I do have him down at tight end nine, which is probably the lowest I've had him all season just because of the risk that comes along with him. Hasn't had more than three receptions in three games, which is definitely not great. But against the Jets, who, who the outside corners have been playing tremendously of late. Got to hope. And if Jamal Adams doesn't return, I'm not sure what Jamal Adams' status is. You got to think Mark Andrews will still be a factor. If he's out, yeah, I was gonna say if he's Hayden out, Hurst and even... Really, you think Hayden Hurst over Nick Boyle? Because go Nick Hayden Boyle got Nick the Boyle. more more targets. He got more snaps. It's just that Hayden Hurst got the big play. But Nick Boyle is already like there's weeks where he has more snaps than Mark Andrews. Almost every like week he has so exactly. So he has his role, and Hayden Hurst just kind of like took over that Mark Andrews esque role. So that's why I'd prefer Hayden Hurst. Hmm. Interesting on that one. All right, but those are. I mean, that's a desperation play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyone else in this Ravens team you want to talk about? Uh, Mark Ingram. Oh, duh. Against the Jets. Difficult matchup, but I have him as a high-end RB2 this week. Obviously, there's some there's a floor there, as we've seen, but a short week against the Jets. Great run defense, but you got to think they put up a lot of points, and all he has to do is punch in one one-yard touchdown or two one-yard touchdowns, and he has a glorious day. So just based on the volume and the fact that it's a short week, a 15-point favorite, you have to play Mark Ingram, even in a kind of difficult matchup. I think I'm a little concerned. Um, but I'm I not. know. When you're a 15-point favorite and you have like that running back on a team, you got to play him. Let's go over to our next matchup, the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans, maybe. I don't know why. That Tennessee, went from, Tennessee. Yeah, that went from a Tennessee accent to an English accent. Tennessee, Tennessee. All in one thing. Um, let's go over to that. Let's talk about some Ryan Tannehizzle. Mm. Um, look, if you have been following True Throw Values, BrotoFantasy.com, if you already know, then you have been on the Ryan Tannehill train. We told you to pick up Ryan Tannehill weeks ago, and if you've been riding that train, you're welcome yep. because he's still a streamer. He's still, as of before yesterday's waivers went through, he was still only 27% owned in Yahoo leagues. Crazy. That's because people are not, they don't think that he could keep it up. But if you look at his history and how efficient he's been, and if you look at his true throw value, you were able to see that he can keep it up. And I think he keeps it up this week. Dude, Lamar Lamar Jackson was number one after week 13. Ryan Hannatil, Ryan, Hannatil, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill was number two. Lamar Jackson had a bad week passing last week. Ryan Tannehill went off. He is more than likely going to be the number one true throw value quarterback. Wow, wow. After being number six last year, this is why we were fans of Ryan Tannehill. This is why we predicted him taking over Marcus Mariota's job. And this is why we said to get him once he became the starter, especially because he loses his legs too. So there was a lot to like about Ryan Tannehill. There's a bunch of articles out there now like, where did this come from? We got some love. Someone said, this isn't a surprise actually, and quoted uh, true throw values, which was cool. But yeah, I mean, it's been glorious for Ryan Tannehill. And I'm absolutely riding him again this week against Houston who has been absolutely abysmal against the past for basically all year, and especially recently outside of that game against the Colts where Jacoby Brissett hardly threw any passes. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with you. I love him. Uh, I want him. I want, I some, want some more of him. And the guy he's throwing to has been A.J. Brown. Um, yep. A.J. Brown looks like a beast. He's been getting the lion's share of the targets. So are you playing A.J. And I just want to say one thing. Um this Houston Texans defense is not the best, but it's also not as bad as it looked last week against Drew Locke. I just want to put out there that that was a classic trap game. No one seems to be talking about that. They were sandwiched in between a game against the Patriots where they really shut down the Patriots and a game that's going to determine the top of this division. It's 
that game right in the middle, there is precedent historically for a stinker. So just keep that in mind. This defense is not as bad as the defense that you saw last week. With that being said, you still got to like A.J. Brown. Yeah, A.J. Brown looks like a star, man. The dude is absolutely ridiculous. He He's so big. And I, I don't think that people really realized how big he is because he took all his pictures next to D.K. Metcalf. Like, you know, overshadow everyone. Yeah. And if you look at the DK Metcalf picture, the one that's famous, AJ Brown standing right next to him. Just that people crop him out. And if you like zoom it out and you forget about what a ridiculously just like chiseled robot, like, like, yeah, (laughs) robot looks like, AJ Brown standing right next to him. He's a, he's a fucking tank. He's like the, he's like the Tesla tank. Yeah. I already know next year. If Ryan Tannehill gets that extension, we know all about true throw value, how efficient he is. I'm going to be, if A.J. Brown's like a fourth, fifth rounder, I'm going to be getting him in every single draft. You're not playing Corey Davis. Uh, that's but the- I have A.J. Brown as my wide receiver 25. So high end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two. There's still some question marks that come with him. I Facts. mean, two of the last four games, he put up 2.2 and 6.5, excuse me, seven. 2.2 and seven fantasy points and half PPR. I mean, this is someone who has not, who has one game. Two games all season over five receptions. Excuse me, over four receptions. So it's not like he is this high-volume guy. He depends entirely on efficiency, so there is some bust potential there. But it's a glorious matchup, so I still like him. So you're not playing Corey Davis. You're not playing... Nope. I mean, Jonas Smith is a tight end. I mean, a touchdown-dependent tight end. I'm playing A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, boom. Just put him in your lineup. Don't even have to think about it. And Ryan Tannehill. I I want to make a prediction on Derrick Henry. I'm on a five-week streak of picking players guaranteed touchdowns and it coming true. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's guaranteed touchdown, Derrick Henry. Guess how many touchdowns he has in his last five games combined? Seven. Nine. Jesus Christ. Two, 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 one, two. And it's not going to stop. Holy moly. It's not going to stop. Dude is such a beast. It's not. It's just that offense will not allow it to stop. He yeah. just touches the ball too much. Yeah. And he's too much of a beast. He's such, he's just the beast of the the decade. Crazy. Um, let's go. Let's see where where are we here here. Let's go to the other side uh, with the Texans. Um, good game, but some garbage time helped for Deshaun Watson last week. Awful game, actually, from like a real football standpoint. Right, right, right. For, and then and then for fantasy football, he, he actually ended up like thirty three points. Um, he plays the Did he end with 30? Oh, he had two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, right? I played against Jeez him Louise. on a team that scored 174 on me in the fucking playoffs. Don't get me started, Michael. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, yeah, Texans, Deshaun Watson. How do you feel about him against this Titans defense? Fire him up. I'm just putting him right back up there. Every time Deshaun Watson has a bad game, he bounces back. And I mean, even in his bad game this time, he put up 30 fantasy points, like you said. So he was still a top three option. You just He's similar to Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes, if you own this guy, you just got to put him in your lineup and be happy about it. Yeah. Um, you didn't – I mean, not to – it doesn't matter now because <laughs> it's the middle. But, I mean, you, you this is why you gave up your fifth-round pick for a quarterback to play him in games like this. Right? This is why you drafted a quarterback in the fifth round. Oh, you're saying if you like drafted you're not gonna Deshaun let, Watson in the fifth round all the way back when? You're not going to let a Tennessee defense who is 12th in overall DVOA. Odori Jackson might miss the game again. That would be big. You're playing him. Yep. Uh, you're also playing DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, absolutely. Stud and a half. Stud and a half. Put him in your lineup. Um, Will Fuller is another story completely because Will Fuller might not play. If he yep. does play, though, you're playing him. If he does play, he's going to be... Similar in that A.J. Brown territory for me around wide receiver 25 because he has that massive boom potential. He also has that floor that he's shown multiple times. But against Tennessee, again, like I said, if Adore Jackson's out, they're going to be down. Logan Ryan has been awful. They, their, their pass defense, their defense as a unit has been solid this year, but their pass defense has been prone to some big plays, So, which is good for Will Fuller. So if he does play, I do like him as a boom bust wide receiver three or wide receiver two option. Titans have actually been really good against the long pass. Uh, third least passes of over 20 yards given up in the NFL and 13th least passes of over 40 yards. They've only given but, up But, I mean, it's the middle passes. of the pack. 13th. Middle of the pack for over 40 yards, so you're going to have to get a big, big bomb. But that's what Will Fuller does, boy. That's true. 
Um, what about the backfield? Are you fucking with Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson in this matchup? I mean, it's always Carlos Hyde. What? Because he has the... How do you, how could you say that? Because he has the touchdown potential and he gets the work. Because they... I mean, Duke Johnson has been getting more work lately. Inexplicably use him. But Duke Johnson... No, even last week where they got destroyed, Duke Johnson wasn't even on the field a lot. Duke yeah, he went 6 for 40 through the air. But uh, Carlos Hyde was still the main guy again. Which just... Like, yo, if you're the Texans, you're eight and five now. If you lose to Tennessee, you're the sixth seed, and you literally have a legit shot of missing the playoffs. What are you doing using Carlos Hyde as your lead dog still? It's blowing my mind, but that's what they. I mean, he had 14 rushes against Denver in a game where they were down two touchdowns the entire game, two touchdowns or more. So it's still Carlos Hyde because you have to bank, you have to bet on a touchdown. That's what you bank on when you go to this backfield. I think that team scouting department has a philosophy that like they're like, man. Do you see the way that that back just runs into the defensive tackle for two yards? Woof! <laughs> Can't help Either way, I would not want to start one of these guys. Yeah, uh, I, I'm staying away if I can. Um, that's it for this game. Any, anyone else? Nope. All right, let's move on to our next game. That is the Seahawks at the Panthers. Um, we don't usually talk defenses here, but the Seahawks defense is a fantastic play. Over the last four weeks, the Panthers have given up, have been the easiest person to easiest team to score points against as a fantasy defense so that means the seahawks are on my radar if i'm streaming the defense um let's go to the panther side and see if they could actually score on that defense um something i I forgot to mention by the way was the line of that houston tennessee game tennessee favored by minus three at home so uh basically pick them over under in vegas on this one is 48 Carolina is a six-point dog, which uh, I think is the lock of the year. Carolina has been getting run on like crazy. And Chris Carson is the only person left in this backfield. Oh, boy, do I want Chris Carson this week. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, with Rashad, Rashad, with Rashad Penny out the entire season, alone backfield for Chris Carson, and now Carolina... <laughs> That's me licking my chops. Wow, that was gross. If I'm a Chris Carson owner, own, I, I can't speak today, apparently. Homer If I'm a Chris Simpson. Carson owner. Homer? I am. Shut up. Schnoder? Shut your mouth, Tim. Clone? I'm absolutely ecstatic. Like, I, I, you know, you never want to wish injuries upon anyone. But I'm ecstatic that Rashad Petty is out for weeks 15 <laughs> and 16 if I'm a Chris Carson owner. I mean, you can't. Against you know. Carolina and Arizona. Are you kidding me? This is all. This is just working out for a top five easily finish for Chris Carson the rest of the rest of the way. Put him in your RB one slot and be very happy about it because a couple of weeks ago, remember when everyone was all worried again about his fumbling issues after one bad game? It was just his backfield yet again against Minnesota and the Rams, and now he gets Carolina and Arizona to himself. Panthers are pretty good against the quarterback this season. Um, mostly because in the last few weeks they've been chasing points, so other teams have had to run more. I think that has to do a little – that does skew a little bit when it comes to this. It's like a causation, but also um, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you suck, other teams run more, you're worse at the run. If you're worse in the run, you suck, and other teams run more. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, whichever way – whatever order you put that in, it's all correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, – do you trust Russell Wilson here? I mean, Russell Wilson has just been so mediocre for weeks now. I mean, he's still the sixth-ranked fantasy player, though. But that's on the strength of a 27-point game, a 43-point game, two 29-point games, and a 41-point game. Besides that, he hasn't scored over 17. So he's either up super high or down super low. And the last two out of three weeks, he scored 11 points. Um in two or three weeks, and he faces Carolina, and they're going to run the ball. I, I I, can't play Russell Wilson in a playoff game. Sorry, I, I can't. I have him as a low-end QB1 just because I don't like the matchups this week for QBs, so I'd rather bank on his um, upside because he does have a 30-point game and a 41-point game this season and a 39-point game, so he has some real massive upside when he gets that ability, and it hasn't happened in a while, so I wouldn't be shocked if he has a good game, but... There's some clear downside as well, so I think he's more of a low-end QB1 this week. Seahawks have been middle of the pack against the slot receiver, and that begs the question, we don't know why Tyler Lockett stopped getting the ball. 
We can't really answer that question. You mean the Panthers have been? You said the Seahawks have been slacking against a slot receiver. Oh, you're right. I looked at the Seahawks stats. My mistake. I need to look at the at the Panthers stats. It could this couldn't be completely different in a second. Actually, Carolina's been fantastic against the slot receiver. <laughs> I can't believe I I put in my notes fucking the Panthers going I mean the Seahawks going against them their own secondary. Yeah. They've been really good Way at practice go against Tyler Lockett. No, but for real though, I mean I have it right here. Second against the the slot wide receiver and Tyler Lockett has sucked. I mean, if I could sit Tyler Lockett, I'm totally sitting Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Who knows what's going on with Tyler Lockett, man? This is one of the oddest, like, downfalls we've seen, or I could remember in recent memory, especially with Russell Wilson throwing the ball, one of the best QBs in the league, the true throw value darling. It's just very strange what's going on. I have him at wide receiver 33 this week. Once I get past that point, excuse me, 34, once I get past that point, I'm okay with taking a shot on Lockett compared to some of the other guys like Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, guys like that. But there's a lot of players where I'm not willing to take that chance. Like DK Metcalf, his counterpart, for instance. I'd rather play DK Metcalf. Three for 35 three weeks ago. His only down game, really, in the last five weeks. Six for 123, six for 70, six for 75, six for 78. Has not found the end zone in four weeks. So, I mean, it's not blah, though. I mean, that's all decent, like, wide receiver three flex type numbers. And if he finds the end zone, it's a great game. Yes, sure. Yeah, sure. Fine. But it's bluff for, I don't know. In the playoffs, man, I don't want that. I don't want that. But I don't. If he finds the end zone, then it's a great game. Just he's, he also, he has a, he's establishing a high floor as well is all I'm saying. He's the wide receiver to own here. Yes. That's for sure. Yes. No doubt about that. Um, and then Jacob Hollister still gets streaming potential here. His, he's kind of dwindled out a little bit recently just because he hasn't found the end zone. But he's still getting the targets. And when it comes to tight ends... That's what's most important. You got to follow the targets if you're streaming tight ends. Hollister or OJ Howard? I prefer Hollister. Ooh. Hollister or Evan Ingram if he returns? Evan Ingram. With Eli. Yeah. That's an underrated thing that Eli's back for. If Evan Ingram returns, he'll likely be inside my top 12 because I have Hollister at 13. So there you go. Um, Hollister or who's a fringe tight end? Ian Thomas this week. I have them back to back, actually. In the same game. I have them back to back, so it's a. Uh, I slightly prefer Hollister. We'll see. Uh, Greg Olson was even practicing today, in a limited capacity. So let's start with Hollister. Then Seattle is uh, is I, I I almost did it again. I almost said Seattle. You're the worst. Carolina, excuse me, is not great <coughs> against the tight end. Yeah, which is why I still like Hollister as a streaming candidate here. 14 targets over the last two weeks is nothing to sneeze at, especially with Tyler Lockett on this schneid, this really bad schneid that he's on. Since we're on tight end, let's go over to the other side um, and talk about Ian Thomas. Seattle is middle of the pack uh, against the tight end, and this is a guy who, if you're streaming tight ends, a lot of people, this is the name in people's mouth. Michael just pressed pause. And that's why that little space is there, because we just got the results of what happened in our league that we lost in the playoffs, in our real football league, where we actually play football with our football against people. And we found out that a team that we beat by, what, 40? No, we lost by one. Oh, the team we beat by 40 lost in the championship to a team we lost to by one point. And they only lost by, like, what, five points? Yeah. So definitely a lot of what ifs and could ifs. I may have banged my head against the microphone. Running through Michael's head right now, and that's why he forgot all about Ian Thomas. But Michael, reel Back it in, baby. I'm we sorry. have another championship to win. I have to guide to you to semifinals right? wins. I'm sorry. That's right. We have, I no, we apologize. Have, we have championships to win over here, Michael. Apology accepted. We're still Thanks. alive here. Thanks, guys. They accepted my apology. Ian Thomas, are you playing him? He saw 10 targets last week. That man. he did. Five receptions, 57 yards, a touchdown. With Curtis Samuel's kind of demise in that offense. He's so unpredictable, man. Yeah. that He's probably... I will give him the title of most unpredictable player of the season, I think. I mean, there could there's a few guys. Off the top of my head, I can't really think of any, but he might be up there. Yeah, sure. Because he that. doesn't do... He doesn't save his good performances for good matchups. He just goes off whenever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And now he gets Seattle, who you said is a middle-of-the-pack defense. Fantasy-wise, they've been uh, very kind recently, so... Sign me up for Ian Thomas as a streamer as well, but totally got to keep an eye on Greg Olson because if Greg Olson returns, then there goes Ian Thomas. And there goes Greg Olson probably. I'm not playing Greg Olson. 
Ian Thomas has much more fantasy value to me than Greg Olson does. I mean, it depends on your options. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. So we just talked about Curtis Samuel and how hard it is to predict his outcomes. Um, DJ Moore will hit a really hot streak. And then, you know, he's still, like, seeing the targets but hasn't been as hot lately. Well, it's just one game where he wasn't as hot. Right. All right, fine. And he put up 80 yards. It's just that he only had four receptions for the first time in ages. So you're not worried about that at all? Absolutely not. I actually have him as my wide receiver eight this week wow. in Seattle. Whoa. Okay. Seattle's been decent. <coughs> Carolina's going to have to pass the ball against them. We just saw Robert Woods go in against them. I think DJ Moore has a very solid game against Seattle. I mean, they have a solid defensive unit overall, I guess. I, I'm not a big believer in them at all, actually. Um, Seattle, I've been outspoken about that. So I, I really don't think their defense is anything to be afraid of. So I think... Uh, DJ Moore is in for a very nice game. So you're giving a Curtis Samuel a dart throw? Uh, possibly, depending on options. I think he's more a flex play this week. I wouldn't want to use him in my wide receiver three slot. I mean, this guy hasn't had more than four receptions since week two. You're not starting Kyle Allen, and you definitely are starting Christian McCaffrey. So let's move on to the other side of the ball. Um, well, that's it, We folks. already did the other side of the ball. We, didn't know, we can Episode move on done. to the next game. Okay. Uh, I'm pa- kidding. Don't worry, we have more for you. Patriots at Bengals. No videotaping allowed. Um, oh, no. You think this becomes Spygate too? Oh, no. Honestly, look, this is where I'm coming from because the Patriots, do they need to cheat to, pe- to beat the Bengals? They're desperate. When was the last time the Patriots had a two-game losing streak? The answer is no. They don't need to cheat to beat the Bengals, all right? Come on. The answer is no. But Bengals have been not. Now, stay with me here. If you are going to cheat... You're like, you know what? Let's practice our cheating against the Bengals because no one's going to think we're cheating against the Bengals. If this we're recording for a documentary thing works against the Bengals, then maybe we could go try it against the Chiefs. Huh. So they're like testing out theories. That's that's what I'm thinking. AJ Hinch, no comment type shit. That's right. All right. Well, let's leave the <laughs> theories aside and let's theorize about this game. Patriots have been the best defense in the league. Uh, they've been a little worse in worse matchups, but they've still been fantastic. So the question is, Joe Mixon has also been fantastic. Does he keep up this fantasticism against a team? Fantasticism against a team that's second in DVOA uh, overall in defense. Uh, and <coughs> give me one second against this pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, good against the pass catcher out of the backfield. So I mean, do you trust him? New England has completely shut down wide receivers this year. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but Joe Mixon, I have him as my RB22 this week. So I'm still trusting him as a low-end RB2. The upside's not there. Like, if you're a Mixon owner, first off, you probably missed the playoffs unless you drafted or traded very well because Joe Mixon has been a bust for the majority of the year. Secondly, if you own him now, you probably have other options <laughs> because he has been such a bust for the majority of the year. So maybe you do have a valid a valid replacement for him. Like I'd prefer a Devin Singletary or a Miles Sanders, someone like that, if Jordan Howard remains out. But you gotta follow the volume here. Twenty six touches last week, twenty three the week before that. He scored a touchdown in three of the last four games. The the offense is different with Andy Dalton there. It's I'm not saying it's a great offense now, but it's certainly at least a viable offense. Bill Belichick Versus Zach, uh, Zach Brown. Because I'm the Taylor. Zach Taylor. Zach dude. Taylor, excuse me. Zach is, Brown is band. Such a, <laughs> is such a mismatch. Such an utter mismatch that I can't, I can see a world with a Bengals scoring zero points. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I the line is only, is only minus shocked. nine in New England's favor in this one since Natty at home. I think that's because New England is, has they have no confidence that they could score forty point over under in this game, which is really low. I honestly think the under is the better play. What so then? Auden Tate, Tyler Boyd. Auden Tate hit the IR. That's right. So Tyler Boyd. How about the return of John Ross? Maybe against New England, I am not trusting a Cincinnati receiver. Simple as that. If I am, well, I, I won't say that because I'm not trusting John Ross. Like, cause he's already only a big play waiting to happen. That's Tyler not, Tyler Boyd's been better, but I don't even see how you could trust him. But I have Tyler Ross, Tyler Ross, <laughs> Tyler Boyd as a low end. Tyler Ross, three no, that week. guy. Who's play, that? You could definitely play him. Five of the last six weeks, Tyler Boyd has at least five receptions. I mean, at least fifty nine receiving yards in those games, except uh, the donut against Oakland. But that was with Ryan Finley. Double digits each of the last three weeks. So. 
he has he is he does seem to be setting a nice floor for himself. It is a very difficult matchup against New England, but New England has been beat through the air. Not a ridiculous amount, but enough the last few weeks to at least consider Tyler Boyd a viable wide receiver three option in a game where they're likely going to need to pass a lot. Um, all right, not starting Andy Dalton. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much said for and called for, and that's it. Uh, let's go over to the Patriots side. Uh, a lot of good matchups here. The only problem is the Patriots offense have done nothing. You're obviously I starting. I don't like anyone in this game except Julian Edelman. Except Julian Edelman. Um, what about James White? I don't like any of them. You can't start Sony Michelle anymore. That's that those days are over. I don't like any of them. Honestly. Like I, I think this game has sixteen to three written all over it. And six and twelve of those sixteen I mean uh like people will 10 see of those sixteen no nine of those sixteen coming on field goals. Like people might see this game and think, Oh, this is a get right game for Tom Brady. Maybe it will end up being a get right game for Tom Brady. But the Cincinnati defense, their secondary has been not terrible this season. And we just saw them play a couple good games in a row. I mean, they dominated the Jets. Uh, they they played well. Who did they play last week? Why am I blanking on who Cincinnati played? Cleveland. They com- land. Yeah, they completely stifled Baker Mayfield last week. And now Tom Brady has been absolutely atrocious. Like, his yards per attempt is under five at this point. Like, he is not Tom Brady anymore. Now he's Thomas Bredew. <laughs> look, so he's a little aged, is what you're he's saying. He's a little aged. He's Thomas Bardu. The look. The only reason I say that that I don't bl- agree with you necessarily is because is because I'd bet the under on that game easily if I had a. You're gonna have a a, a master football mind against a dude that looks like he's still a baby. I'm the Taylor. There's no way that that's a fair matchup, and maybe he's gonna go and he there he's gonna out scheme him, but the thing is. You can't trust these these Patriots players because he's gonna out scheme him. So there's no there's no guarantee that the three players that catch passes, let's say there's three passing <laughs> touchdowns, that it's not Matt Lacoste, Jacoby Myers, and Phil Dorsett. or Rex Burkhead or something like oh, that. Oh yeah. yeah, and so you can't trust anybody except Julian Edelman, who's yes. a stud and a half, who you can obviously trust. So you play Julian Edelman. I want a hard pass on literally everyone else. As unbelievable as it sounds, t- discussing the. Discussing the Patriots. Who's the second closest just to start? Disgusting. Mohamed Sanu, James White. Tom Brady's 26th in true throw value. Who's, second, that out there. who's second closest to start? James White? James White. Gotta yeah. be James White. Um, but he's been ugh, so volatile. He went from the for the most, like, you can trust what he's going to do every single week, guy in the league, to I, I have no idea. Um, Bears at the Packers is the next matchup. Mitchell Trubisky has been on fire. He's the fire. Oh, sex is on That's fire. That's my guy, yeah. That's my guy, yeah. The Packers, on the other hand, have been sacking the quarterback all year. They've been causing a lot of quarterback pressures, and they've been a good defense against the quarterback. Uh, are you starting Mitch Trubisky in a playoff matchup? Last week you said no, but he ended up being a great quarterback. If you want to stream Mitch Trubisky based off recent performance, I won't blame you. It seems like a good call. Here, I mean, here he, it comes. 20 Fine. points, 11 is the down week. 21, 25, 33, it's glorious. But Green Bay has not been a good matchup for quarterbacks, and he has had these good games against Detroit, blah. The Giants, more blah. Detroit, again, more blah. And whatever Jerry Jones is throwing out there with the Dallas Cowboys, who have been absolutely terrible. For weeks now, eh. the fact that they're six and seven, dude. Don't take it. Away they were five and three. Right. One and four the last five weeks, getting destroyed by everyone. I mean, yes, yes. The, they just they literally got destroyed by the Bills and Bears back to back weeks. That's not what you want from a playoff contending team. But with that being said, <clears throat> with that being said, I have Mitch Trubisky as my QB seventeen this week. If you want to play him, sure. I still would rather not. Michael, this is his first semi to difficult matchup in a while. Jason's not here, Michael, which means you could freely talk about Allen Robinson. You don't have to worry about him to him being getting angry. Allen Robinson in his last three weeks, twenty four point one, eighteen point six, nineteen point three in half PPR formats. He gets Green Bay in Lambeau, where it's gonna be cold. Him and Anthony Miller, are you trusting pass catching options with the Bears? I say this cautiously. 
Uh, he's wide receiver nine, expert consensus ranking. I have him at 13. It just feels icky to me, man. <laughs> I, I can't do it. <laughs> I have him at wide receiver 13 right now. I, like I say, I'm always uh, changing my uh, rankings. Fluid. as I, it's fluid. It's fluid as I do more research and such. I Don't be shocked if he falls a little bit, maybe to like 15 or 16. But definitely a playable asset. Playable asset. I just This has Bears dreadful game written all over it to me just going back to what they were they're hot before their hot streak exactly but you could play Allen robinson of course he's been ridiculous the last few weeks and anthony miller double digits three weeks in a row eight points the week before that he's been a target machine of late so he's definitely a viable option as well i i like him more as a flex option though because it is a rather difficult matchup against green bay and like I said, I'm just not feeling it as for the Bears this week. Uh, Green Bay is not that good against the slot receiver, and that's where he primarily lines up, 22nd overall in DVOA. So something to consider there. Uh, what about David Montgomery? David Montgomery, man. The dude just is not very good, like if I'm being honest. I mean, you watch David rookie. Montgomery run. Well, yeah, sure, he could get better. But you watch him run, and it's not anything that wows you by any means. Green but Bay ha- has been kind to the running back, though. Green Bay has been very kind to the running back. And this man just saw 20 carries against Dallas. If, if he told you he was getting 20 carries, you're going to start him. 86 yards and a lost fumble resulted in only 6.6 points. Blah. And half PPR because he didn't catch a pass either. But that's what you get with David Montgomery. It's completely volume based. you got to hope he finds the end zone. I have him as a low-end RB2 this week. Mid, mid to low-end. I have him at number 19 right now. So... Just because the matchup is why I like him a little more so this week, but he just continues to disappoint. Forty and a half points uh, over under in this game. Chicago is the underdog by four and a half points. Let's go over to the Green Bay side. The best kept secret in fantasy football is that Aaron Rodgers has not been good this season. And shout out to the guys over at the fantasy footballers because they have had this theory for a long time where it was. Aaron Rodgers play play drop where you would drop him after week 14 against the Redskins and you know how could you drop Aaron Rodgers how what let me tell you something his last few weeks he scored 10 points 10 points 12 points 29 45 two big games 19 9 points 29 13 points 15 points 12 points. This is a guy who is, if he's not blowing up, he's not playing well. And historically, against Chicago, no, he's struggled. So I would, look, would it be the craziest thing to drop Aaron Rodgers if there's a quarterback needy team out there and get him to take the bait? No. Honestly, I'd be pretty excited if someone was playing Aaron Rodgers against me this week. I have as my QB 14. Everything you just said reigns true. Can he go off? Yes, he's Aaron Rodgers. He has games where he goes off. But has he gone off recently? Has he gone off in difficult games this year? Not even close. I mean, the semi to bad matchups for Aaron Rodgers, he's been trash fantasy-wise. Chicago week one, 13. 14 against Minnesota. Minnesota's been bad. Uh, Denver, 13. LAC 13, Carolina 10, San Fran 9, Washington 11. Like, it's just been a mess for Aaron Rodgers outside of that couple week stretch where he was a monster. So, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer to look elsewhere. Like, I prefer to stream Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo against Atlanta, Baker against Arizona, Wentz against Washington, guys like that. Jared Goff even against Seattle. I mean, um, not Seattle, against Dallas. I prefer all of them to Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy Galapagos Islands? The Galapagos Islands. Why have we never called them that? <laughs> Devontae Adams uh, had a bad game, but was said riding had a streak. A bad ga- shout out to me. Of good games. Small flex here. I said. Michael says shout out to me, guys. Yeah. That sentence just. I said Devontae me. Adams was in a sneaky, difficult pos- position last week going up against Quentin Dunbar, the number one ranked PFF cornerback. People just see Washington and they laugh. Again, Washington defense has not been bad this year. They've just been so. Bad offensively on the field that it's so made much. their defense bad as a point scoring unit. Like they get a lot of points scored against them, but it's not. They're actually a pretty decent unit. So I was not super shocked by the bad game last week. 
A little concerning how little Devontae Adams has done, though, in recent weeks. I mean, 7 for 41 against the Chargers, 118 yards against Carolina. Then 7 for 43, 6 for 64, 4 for 41. Now he gets Chicago, one of the best uh, secondaries in the league. It's a little concerning. I'm not going to lie to you. I have him at wide receiver 6 right now because, as always, he could go off whenever. And if you have Devontae Adams, you're likely to trust him. Prior to last week, he had at least 15 half PPR fantasy points three weeks in a row because he's finding the end zone again. So you still got to play him. Just saying it's he's been more disappointing than you'd like. And don't start any secondary receiver. Yeah, that includes Jimmy Graham, who hasn't been fantasy viable since week seven. And not for nothing, the Packers, when their offense was best this year, is it was when they were running through Aaron Jones. They were operating their offense through Aaron Jones, getting Aaron Jones involved, and then they kind of went away from that for weeks in a row against the Chargers, Carolina, San Fran, even the Giants. And then last week against Washington, Aaron Jones saw 16 rushes, his third most of the year, 134 yards, seven targets. Finally, he saw the amount of targets that he was seeing with Jamal Williams out when Jamal Williams got hurt. Six receptions, 58 yards, even lined up on the outside and beat a linebacker. I mean, Aaron Jones is a... Matchup nightmare when he against linebackers, and he's ridiculously nice when he has the ball in his hands. Matt Lafleur actually said it himself. They there was a question asked about his throwing to the running backs, and he's just like, "I need to throw to the the running back who's better at catching." Like he didn't say it like that, but that's basically what his quote was. So he said it, and then he did it, which is a very astonishing thing for NFL head coaches. It's not usually the case. Wow. Uh, yeah, so play Aaron Jones again this week. Let's move on to our next game, the Buccaneers at the Lions. Let's start on the Lions because this is a conundrum. This is the conundrum? old... You know how the the old saying goes, was it the chicken or was it the egg which came first? Yep. This is the age-hold fantasy question. Age-hold? Age-old. Take a hold of your age, Tim. Is it the matchup? Embrace how old you are, Tim. Or is it the talent? And... <laughs> The Lions are the perfect uh, thing for this because the Buccaneers have been absolutely horrible against the pass. But with that being said, David Blau is throwing the ball. Um, Kenny Galladay has been playable the last few weeks, caught another touchdown. Um, Marvin Jones, though, hits the IR. Danny Mandola has seen eight targets, uh, or saw eight targets last week, but didn't do anything with them. So I think I could play Kenny Galladay in this game, but I don't want Bo Scarborough, and I don't want any of the other options at all. Yeah. Kenny Galladay is the only person I want on that entire team. But look, his expert consensus ranking right now is wide receiver 10. Nah. I have him at wide receiver 14. That sounds more like it. Because there is blow-up potential here against Tampa Bay. But I cannot, in my right mind, put a player in the top 10 who has David Blau throwing him the ball. I can't do it. If Jeff Driscoll returns, I'll likely likely move him up because this matchup against Tampa Bay. I mean, the number one receiver against Tampa Bay is such a smash every single week. Yeah. Even Pascal last week, 75, 76 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah. Absolute smash. You have to play him, even though it's it sucks that Blau is that quarterback. With Marvin Jones out, though, still, you can't trust Danny, Danny Amendola. Or, you, you just can't trust anyone outside of, outside of Galladay. Let's stay on the quarterback side. Uh, the Buccaneers... Jameis Winston is a fucking animal in fantasy. It's pretty hilarious. It's He's just an animal. And, Michael, you sent a stat to us. His stats are almost identical the first two years Peyton Manning. Yeah, I mean, if, if you adjust for the era, his completion percentage is way worse than Peyton Manning. Like, it's not like they're actually the same player. It's just funny how all their stats are basically identical. Um, That means that the Buccaneers will pass, and the Lions have been susceptible to that pass. I mean, this dude has 26 passing touchdowns and 23 interceptions. There's a chance, because for some reason passing touchdowns are down this year, there's a chance Jameis Winston ends with the most passing touchdowns, the most passing yards, and the most interceptions. I don't know if that's ever happened or when the last time it was that happened. This is a guy who passes a lot. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but this is why we like Jameis Winston this year. And why Chris Godwin is probably a fantastic play. The question is, there's probably going to be another fantastic play in the Buccaneers, and it's between three guys. Brashad Perriman, O.J. Howard, and the white wide receiver whose name slips my mind all of a sudden. Justin Watson. Justin Watson. Look, I'm glad you bring that up because those three guys, it's pure speculation. If anyone tells you differently, they're lying. Justin Watson, yes, he saw the most targets. Yes, he caught the touchdown. 
He also played less snaps than Brashad Perriman. Brashad Perriman has been operating on that offense all season. Justin Watson has seen two targets the entire season prior to last week. OJ Howard has gotten a little hotter recently, but will he line up more on the outside? Will he be used more with Chris Godwin? Uh, excuse me, with Mike Evans out? Or is Brashad Perriman going to be used more? Or is Justin Watson going to be used more? These are all wait and see. So if you want to take the plunge with one of these guys in the semifinals matchup, man, you got some balls. But yeah. am I going to do it? No. Right? Like, I'm not trying to speculate who the number two option is going to be on these teams. Uh, excuse me, on this team. Perriman, Watson, Howard. Right now, my order would be Howard, Perriman, Watson. That would be the order that I want to trust these guys in just because Howard has gotten hotter. And I do expect him to take on a bigger role with Mike Evans out. Here's here are some facts. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lead them in any way. I'm just gonna tell you what it is. Mike Evans' role will be replaced by Watson. Shard Perriman's role will stay the same, but it might be elevated. OJ Howard's role I don't know about that. Scotty Miller might return to is to be determined. I don't think Scotty Miller plays that much. I don't know why Scotty Miller would play. I mean Scotty Miller was the most effective of the of the bunch. Prior to his injury, so I mean, we'll see. It's all, it's all a toss-up, though. It's speculation, and I don't want to, I don't want to take that chance. Let's move on to our next game: the Dolphins at the Giants, because the schedule says we have to. Oh yeah. Um, looks like Eli Manning will be playing again. So, with that being said, we're facing—I mean, they're facing a very easily beat Dolphins team on most uh, situations. But what we're really gonna be looking at is can the Giants take advantage of that? Uh, Evan Ingram should be back. Reports say that he's coming back, but you never know. They said that last week, too. So if you have Evan Ingram, you have been playing someone else for the entire week. Don't just say, okay, it's time for me to let that guy go and I can pick up a handcuff or something like that. Uh, keep keep an eye on him. But yeah. I think he's a great play if he plays. I wouldn't say a great play. I'm always hesitant to play a guy coming off an extended absence right away, off an injury. I mean, we saw even Austin Hooper this week coming off an injury for three, four weeks, and he went two for 32. So a huge letdown. If I had a dream Austin that Hooper. Austin Hooper had three touchdowns. Against San Francisco, that would be quite a day. It's my dream. But talking about the Giants, if Evan Ingram returns, there's certain to be some risk. But depending on your options, you might have to play. Um, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. Those guys, I was I'm super not low on Golden Tate last week. I was just, every time someone would bring up to Golden Tate or ask a question about Golden Tate, I thought to myself, why are people asking about Golden Tate? Like, why would you consider playing this guy? He ended up going one for 11 against Philly. I was not shocked at all. I mean, he's either been hurt or unproductive for the last three weeks. So, I don't know. It was kind of confusing to me. Against Miami, though, there no. is some... There is no. some upside. No. There is upside for everyone against Darius Miami. Darius Slayton is the answer in, well, this, yes. in this wide receiver trio. If Don't play the other two. I mean, what's wrong with Sterling Shepard? No. 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 I mean, Sterling Shepard has seen the most targets on the season by far of the bunch. So I'm a, I'm a Shepard and Slayton guy. But no. Yes, Darius Slayton. I agree. I'm a Slayton guy. Talking about, talking about targets. <clears throat> In the last few games, Darius Slayton has been absolutely involved in this offense. He's actually he's absolutely been the number one guy, and you saw him and Eli Manning have a rapport. Uh, last week, eight targets. The week before that, nine targets. The week before that, seven targets. There was a bye. The week before that, 14 targets. So this is a guy who's been getting targeted at more and more of a rate. He reminds me a lot of Victor Cruz. Like, don't fight it. This is the best wide receiver on this team, and he's going to perform like it. It's crazy, too. Like, fifth-round pick coming out of nowhere. It's awesome. Shout out to Terry Slayton. Yeah, that's yeah, all. I, I, but play one of them. Slayton and Shepard, I'm okay with as wide receiver threes. There's obviously some risk because we are talking about a Giants offense. We disagree there. I mean, agree I'll to bet, disagree. I'll bet, I'll bet you with it that they neither of them finished in the top 36. I said Slayton and Shepard. Oh. Yeah, I think Slayton. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Tate and Slayton. No, Tate, Tate is more of a flex play where you got to hope he scores like a long touchdown or something. Um, I guess in Miami, though, there's... Man, now's the time to take that shot, dude. What's going on with Saquon really Barkley, bro? He's been he's been probably like if you had to say bust of the year in terms of a guy who just like never really went away and couldn't really like you couldn't get let go of him, and he never gave you a superstar performance after week eight. Dude, this guy sucks. 
And it's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't want to say he sucks, but he's been sucking. Teams have been keying in on him. He gets Miami and Washington, though, coming up. I've said this before about him. If he doesn't blow up in this game, he's, it's not going to happen, yada, yada, yada. He's got to blow up in this game or it's not going to happen. I have him. This is mind-boggling to me, but I have Kamara and Barkley as running backs 11 and 12 this week. Yeah, it's crazy. Mind-boggling to me, but how could you treat them any different at this point? I mean, every week it's all right. Now we'll bounce back. Now he'll bounce back. Now he'll bounce back. Three. This. If someone said this last year, you'd laugh in their face. Three of four games in single digits. Are you serious? For Saquon Barkley, it's mind-boggling. He hasn't had more than three receptions since the bye week in Week Eleven. So it's just it's been a mess for Saquon Barkley. I'm still. It's Miami. So I'm yes. I'm still using Saquon Barkley. I'm not sitting Saquon Barkley. It's hard to believe that you have Saquon Barkley and you're playing right now. It's hard to believe that you have Saquon Barkley. Yeah, one, you're playing right now. And two, against Miami, you're not even super excited. That's how it's been going with him. But if there was ever a time for him to break out, it'd be now. We've been saying that forever, man. But against Miami, that's that's the best you could do. So, I mean, it's been rough. The last game is an NFC matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Redskins. Man, the Eagles have been hard to watch. It's, again, no one in this Eagles offense is worth a play as a pass catcher besides Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz has been the number one tight end the last five weeks. Man, Zach Ertz resurrected so many fantasy teams the, on Monday uh, night. Including our brother, Johnny's, yep. who came back from 80 points down because he had Austin Eckler, Ryan Tannehill, right? Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, and Zach Ertz and combined Zach Ertz. for like 90 points. Yeah. Oof. That, that was that I, was I, rough. I text uh, the opponent a lot about fantasy. I was already talking about next week with him. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, so much for that. Um, but yeah, with that being said, Zach Ertz is an ab- absolute monster last week. And with Alshon Jeffrey gone, it's going to continue. This could be an absolutely glorious end of the year for Zach Ertz. The slow start to the season is completely in the rearview mirror. I mean, the slow... First half of the season is completely in the rearview mirror. He's been a stud and a half since then. Washington is also the second to dead last team in terms of DVOA against the tight end. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada fire bing. him up. Yeah, fire him up. He and might, he might be tight end one. Again, I don't like any of these receivers without no. Sean Jeffrey out. Hell no. There's no way. I mean, Aguilar is probably still going to be hurt. Uh, Arthago Whiteside cannot be trusted. Greg Ward, former Houston quarterback. I used to, Sunday, I'm not, we're not huge into. College football. We like to uh, scout college football players after the season. Like, we don't watch college football actively during the season. I remember watching Houston games with Greg Ward at quarterback because they were so fun to watch. They basically just ran a wildcat offense. He had them ranked, like, inside the top 20. Now he's a receiver for the Eagles. Am I going to trust him? No. I mean, (laughs) even if he's their number one guy, I'm not going to trust him. I mean, Zach Ertz and this is also a boost for Dallas Goddard, who has been... Slower the last couple of weeks than you'd like, uh, fantasy wise. He hasn't picked up the pace as much as you'd want, but seven, six, eight, seven, six targets. Got to chase the targets. Those are all season highs, six, eight, seven, six, and that's all after the bye week. And now Alshon Jeffrey's out. Like you said, they're bad against the tight end. So Goddard, Nelson Aguilar might be out again too. Yeah. So uh, Goddard's a good play this week too, in my opinion. I have him at tight end eleven. Uh, yeah, start your tight ends. This game, by the way, is a 40-point over-under. Philly is the minus 4.5 favorite. Um, so, I mean, Carson Wentz is also a guy that you probably have to play if you have him on your on your roster. I mean, I doubt that. You have to play. I mean, he's been bad for weeks now, back-to-back. Back if to you're back. picking up Carson Wentz, it's either because you need a quarterback. I don't know how many people I'm saying is Carson Wentz is their backup quarterback. He's either not on your team or he's your starter. All right, but, I mean, I have Carson Wentz at QB 12. This week, my he's had two good back to back games. He does have two back to back games. I don't love him this week, but twenty five and twenty against Miami and the Giants, another solid matchup against Washington. He's been forced to throw ninety six times over the last two weeks. That's how bad they've been playing as a defensive unit as well. I don't expect him to get scored on a lot by Washington, but once is going to have to pass the ball because their running game really has not been great since Jordan Howard got hurt. Uh, Boston Scott came in and gave them life last week. 
But once Miles Sanders was healthy enough to play again, he came right back in. He ended with 15 and 45 on the ground. Man, talk about a mess with Miles Sanders. Even his own backfield, and he's been super disappointing. Boston Scott, man, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, so Jordan Howard, if he plays, though, I like him in this game. Yeah, I think they're gonna establish the. They're gonna try and establish the run. There would certainly be um, touchdown potential there, which is likely what you'd be chasing against Washington. I think in Washington, I think on the other side, I think Terry McLaurin is actually a play that you could play in this game, and I think the players you could play in this game are McLaurin against a really bad Philadelphia secondary, and AP if you're desperate because he's gonna get the ball twenty to twenty five times guaranteed. Yeah, the Eagles' pass defense is bad, so Terry McLaurin is in play. I just I I'd like him more as a flex than I do a top thirty six receiver. His expert consensus rank right now, wide receiver twenty six, is absolutely blowing my mind. Um, only one game last week against Green Bay. You saw the touchdown catch, right? If you didn't see the touchdown catch, this dude caught it like he turned around one handed in the back of the end zone. If he doesn't make that catch, he ends with three receptions for forty yards, and that was a ridiculous catch. So it's it's not like. Yeah, he scored a touchdown, but it's not like Dwayne Haskins played well or something. You still cannot trust Terry McLaurin to get you more than like 15 points, and that's if he scores a touchdown. More likely, he's going to get you seven or eight points tops. So, I mean, I have his flex territory. I don't know how people are ranking him in wide receiver two, wide receiver three, fringe territory. It's kind of blowing my mind. That's all for this first half of our playoff Extravagunza, extravaganarsi. Um, we forgot to mention this somehow. We have a live stream coming up on Sunday again. Thank you for everyone who joined us in the live stream this Sunday. It was a popping, popping, popping time. Tim. Um, yes. We discussed the Eagles. We discussed the Redskins, correct? We did. We did not discuss the Dolphins against the Giants. We discussed the Giants. We did not discuss the Dolphins. Interesting. I just realized I saw Patrick Laird in my rankings. I'm like, wait, we did not discuss Patrick Laird. Okay. We so just skipped over the Dolphins. <laughs> let's act like that didn't happen. Let's act like that didn't happen. And before we go, because Miami actually has some interesting players in this yeah, game. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait a sec. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the worst streamer against the Giants. But, I mean, with Devontae Parker out, it gets worse. So you know, Devontae Parker has not been ruled out yet. Maybe. Uh, it was a concussion right. that got him out, so it's not like it was a leg or chest injury or something like that. He um I think he may have yeah, he he practiced no contact on Wednesday. So if he comes back, I have met I'm I just put him in my rankings. If he doesn't play, I'll just take him out. Wide receiver eleven against the Giants because the Giants have been so bad against the number one weapon on an opposing team. Even Zach Ertz, not even a wide receiver, but he was the main option last week, went in against them. Just the main option against the Giants is a person you want to play. And Devontae Parker has been a stud this so season. if Devontae Parker plays, he's the wide receiver 11 is what you're saying? Yes. I agree with you on that. But, he, I mean, it looks like trending he's not going to play. Yeah, so if he doesn't play. What about Alan got, Hearns? If he doesn't play, Alan Hearns got a bunch of targets last week. Um, Albert Wilson might not play. With Patrick Laird in the, in the backfield. Um, this is a Giants team that can be exploited. I think that Laird is probably a flex start if you're desperate. Yeah, um, I actually like Patrick Laird this week. Uh, he is the guy there. Uh, people wanted to just give it to Miles Gaskin because, you know, that's the cool young running back, Miles Gaskin. Yeah, look at us. We like analytics. Miles Gaskin had a good speed score, things like that. No, the answer was Patrick Laird because it was obvious it was going to be Patrick Laird because he was the next guy up for weeks now. 19 touches, four receptions, back-to-back week of four receptions, back-to-back weeks in double digits. And the Giants are not a great matchup, but they're not a bad matchup. And with Devontae Parker out, I do expect Laird to be very involved. I'm at RB28, so certainly in flex range. If Devontae Parker's out, Isaiah Ford and um, Alan Hearns are pretty interesting options. They're definitely speculative. Reaching for the ceiling, I don't have other option options. But I prefer Alan Hearns. I'd likely uh, rank him as a high-end flex play. And Isaiah Ford is more of a boom-bust flex play. Now that we did the Dolphins. And Mike Kosicki. Oh, man. <laughs> Tim just doesn't want to talk about the Dolphins. I don't want to talk either. about the Dolphins or this game. This is a gross game. <laughs> Dolphins Mike at Giants. Even with Jamal Adams shit the bed last week, which was very, very sad. But with Devontae Parker out, there's a little bit of upside there. I've met Titan 15. 
a little bit of upside. I think there's a lot of bit of upside there. I mean, if you're going to play him, you're playing him because you want him to score a touchdown. Um, the Giants have been 25th against um, the running back, but 10th against the tight end. So the Giants have been good against the tight end. So Laird looking good out of the backfield. So those short passes are probably going to go his way rather than Gasicki's way. Um, now that we've done it all, <laughs> we've done it all, right? I believe so, yeah. It's time to plug things. Uh, BrotoFantasy.com, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Thank you, everyone, who joined us for the live stream on Sunday. We'll be doing it this Sunday and next Sunday as well. Come with your questions. We're trying to win you a championship. Um, yeah, you can find Michael on... Mike underscore Patrop on Twitter. And me, at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. Real frisky. Um, we're going to get into it right away with episode number two. Uh, don't forget to sign up for ThriveFantasy.com. If you're out of the playoffs, you can still play fantasy. And this is a cool way how. ThriveFantasy.com. Your first deposit of $10 or more, if you put in the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, will be matched up to $10. 10 free doll heads just for signing up. Yummy. Go make them into some more money, kid. You got this. We'll come back to you soon. That's right. With the Thrive 5. At yep. the end of the next episode. Later. Peace.